Welcome to the Start Up to Something podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. Mark. Hey, Matt. <laughs> How you going? Good. Good. Very good. I'm enjoying this uh, weather. Oh my God. Did you get outside much this weekend? Oh, yes. All, all weekend. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. And did some barbecuing and oh, yeah. lots of time at the dog park. Mm. It was it was good. Yeah. I was at the park for the entire day on Saturday. And we were just kicking around in the shade and the sun, doing some barbecuing. It was a lot of fun. But it was wild down there. Like... Yeah, people sure. were just going nuts yeah drunk and singing and <laughs> just yeah oh man i'm sure yeah. it was a, a covid super spreader event but hopefully there's no vaccines <laughs> and it's fine because it was wild i know man. i think people have had enough right yeah, yeah they've totally. been locked up for 14 months now they're like yeah. that's it it's beautiful outside i'm that's it i'm yeah. done i'm done with it it's time <laughs> yeah no i respect it so how was your week? Did you get into anything interesting? Yeah, I mean, I it's it was another busy week for support. Yeah, I yeah, like I've, I'm still doing a lot of handholding with new new accounts, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's um, it's definitely not sustainable. Like mm-hmm. it, right now, you know, I was doing it because it, it also helps me see what the problems are in the UX, mm-hmm. like why where are people sticking. Yeah, that was going to be my first question. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's an opportunity to see, you know, like why they don't understand the error message or mm-hmm. how they go about it. But I think I'm, I'm going to have to start scaling back and not not doing so many of these calls because mm-hmm. you know they they take up a lot of time. And uh, I mean, they're definitely good because almost every single time the person ends up converting to a paid customer. Yeah. Right, but it, but it doesn't scale like it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm only charging twenty nine dollars. So yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like if I spend an hour on the phone with them, <laughs> that's not a very, it's not very sustainable. Are there questions about migration, or is it just purely setup? Yeah, it's it's mostly setup. Okay, you know, like they're basically they they got their data into Airtable, and now they're like, well, how do I map it to Webflow? Mm-hmm. And especially like, it's it's the people that have these really complicated sites with like maybe eight or ten tables mm-hmm. and eight or ten corresponding collections in Webflow, mm-hmm. and there's all these relationships between them, and they're like, which ones do I map? Right. Yeah. So Could- I think I'm gonna I'm gonna end up making some videos. I think because there's some things I've been I've been debugging with them. Like yeah. Like one notion that I introduced to many of them is this, this notion of denormalizing your data, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, as a developer, when we, we learn how to build databases and we usually normalize everything yeah. so that you're not repeating, you're not duplicating data, right? Yeah. But sometimes for performance reasons, you'll denormalize. Yeah. And in this case, that's that it's really easy to do with Airtable because you can... If you have a relationship between two tables, let's say a blog post and a category, mm. right? Well, you could just denormalize the name of the category inside the blog post. Yeah. Right? Because so in their table, you have these lookup fields. 
So, so sometimes that's what I tell them to do. Like just, just create a lookup field and put the category name right there. So then you can use it to make your breadcrumb on top of your blog post. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's like, because Webflow also has these limitations of how many references you can have. Okay. And you can only have one nested collection. So like, you know, so even though you could really normalize your data into 10 different tables, it's not true that you can really exploit all those relationships once you're in Webflow. Yeah. So like I was always almost thinking like I, I should have a whole series of videos about da data modeling yeah. <laughs> for Webflow. Yeah. That's so yeah, because I was right off the bat, I was thinking, I mean, could you do a case study with one of these things? Because I mean, I, I bet people aren't really that willing to be like, let me tell you all about the internals of my Airflow table. But if you could take your Airflow and copy it and anonymize it or something like that, just to take a really complex case and walk through it, that might be an interesting jumping off point. But and then the next thing I was thinking was with people with sites this big, um, do you think that this could, like, could you sell, like, a migration upsell? I mean, I don't know that you necessarily want to be doing migrations for people, um, if that's even interesting for you on a $29 a month <laughs> product. But but I'm just thinking, like, oh, you can come in monthly and say, oh, if you pay me, I don't, what to say, $500 or something, then I'll help you with the migration. If it's something you knew that you could do. Um, right. If you, could, if you knew, it's like, yeah, I'll never spend more than two hours or three hours doing this. Um but like you say, like, you know, if you have to do advanced modeling to make, like, if you have to do unconventional modeling, we'll say, to, to get it working in Webflow, that might not be that easy, that simple. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, sometimes I think about it. I think maybe I should have some, like, concierge kind of plan where I've definitely had people ask me to do some things like that. Mm -hmm. But, but it's not really what I want to be doing. Totally fair. Yeah, like it's it's more like freelancing or mm -hmm. consulting. It that's that's not what I want to be doing. Yeah, you need a partner program where you refer people to me, and then <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I build their integration for them, and they pay you every month. Yeah, exactly. I could do that. Yeah. So so yeah, there's definitely some videos to be made, to, which I think you know will 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 be good. Just having more videos out there, like yeah. that link back to Power Importer. Mm. And but otherwise, like you know, I'd like to do less of these of these support calls and and do more integrations. Like yeah. I, I really like already Notion has just released their API. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so like I I want to I want to play with the API. I want to see what what can be done. You know, like like some people, I was asking people for ideas. You know, like how would you use it? And you know, a lot of people want to be blogging in Notion. So blog in Notion, but then have it all sync to your Webflow. Mm. So yeah, so I mean, and that's the stuff that I enjoy doing is is the hacking. Yeah, you know, find find all the cool ways to integrate with the API, mm. and think up of all these use cases where it could be useful for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not a huge Notion user, so I don't have uh, I don't have like great examples of of cool things to do. But like the one thing I do use Notion for is <laughs> I have a, um, I, I guess it's an operating system like the, the Notion OSs for uh, a D, for running a D&D &D campaign. And okay. these things are fucking sophisticated. <laughs> like there's a lot going on in there. So I was thinking like, oh, I wonder if you could do something kind of interesting between like, 
uh, Roll20 and a Notion OS and just like uh, link those two things together. Like somehow you could consume events that happen in Roll20 into like a, I don't know, like a history, like storing your combat history or something like that in Notion. I mean, like I, I'm not nearly that sophisticated. I'm using like 2% of the D&D uh, OS that I found. Okay. Um, but I'm just thinking like, if you're a heavy user of both, I mean, why wouldn't you do this? Like, it's like right. it's like a programmers making beer. It's just like it just these two things just go together. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Did you get any interesting suggestions for things to check out or things to try? Yeah, the recurring one was was blogging. Yeah, so blogging. Yeah, because I think yeah, I think a lot of people are not happy with blogging in Webflow. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can sort of do it, you know, through the rich text editor in the in the Webflow CMS. But it's 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 suboptimal. It's like you got this tiny little window, right? And then like I'm trying to compose like an an in depth article, maybe five hundred words, a thousand words, mm-hmm. in this tiny little window. And if your internet connection disconnects, like it won't auto save like it'll get an error while trying to auto save and then that's it it won't save anymore okay like there's so many horror stories like that of people having to start all over writing their article right so I think they would all prefer to have another tool for blogging Mm. but you definitely want it hosted in Webflow so yeah interesting yeah and I mean and talking to people uh, migration tools for WordPress keep coming up like even this morning, I had another talk with someone, and yeah, they're migrating a web a WordPress site to Webflow. Interesting. So there's definitely there's so many other things to do. I I have a talk with Coda this afternoon. Like Coda. someone in their their I guess developer partnership okay. community <laughs> kind of department. Yeah, reached out to me. So mm. wants to talk about a a power importer integration. That could be cool. For Coda and Webflow. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd much rather be spending my time doing that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Creating creating new power importers. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, that's tricky. Yeah, because it, you, you really just hit the nail on the head just before when you said, you know, modeling something complex, getting something complex in the Airflow world and relaying it over to the far more simple Webflow world is... I mean, that's just a hard problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it. Like I, I, if I play to my strengths, like it's not, it's, it's not like helping people like build their websites. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be a different set of skills for that. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm mostly work on my own in my head. Yeah. And not very good at putting this stuff into words. So <laughs> not good at explaining what's going on in there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really good at turning it into code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, even even listening to you talk about, you know, you're because you're, you're talking so much with the with the no code community and the Webflow community, like I'm I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm hearing like of just like, oh, this problem keeps coming up and this problem keeps coming up. I'm like, man, you're just full of ideas and potential things that you could do to strengthen power importer, more problems you can solve, uh, horizontal products or verticals. Like there's so many interesting, um, it, it feels like it's such rich loam. Like you're so in touch with the community that there's, 
Yeah, it feels limitless just as an observer. No, yeah, yeah. There's there is so much. There's so many new things could be created, like to help the community. Like there is so much opportunity. <laughs> so that's what I want to concentrate on: creating more importers, and and with that comes more tutorials, like tutorial videos that basically showcase these use cases, you know, like, like blogging. It's, it's more than just an importer. It's a, it's a, it's a tutorial of how to do it. So, you know, explain how to structure your Webflow for it and how to structure your notion or your coda or whatever other tool you're going to use for blogging Mm. and explain, explain the workflow. Right. I I just feel like you just said so much just now, like, (laughs) The, what, what you just said was is, was like the richest piece of cheesecake I've ever seen. Like <laughs> the idea, like yeah, representing the idea that something is so it seems so simple, but there's so much that goes into executing on that thing. I just yeah. want a blog, and it's like okay, but let's just take yeah, three steps exactly. back and talk about how to model our Webflow CMS to support blogging. Like oh my god, yeah. That's it. That and that's that's the problems that I like to dig to, like because people will always give me ideas for integrations. Oh, like I want to, I want to integrate with Google Sheets, mm-hmm. and but then I want to know why. Like why Google Sheets? Exactly. Why aren't you using Airtable? Or mm-hmm. you know, how do you handle images and and uh, relationships between tables? Like in Google Sheets, you can't. Like Airtable has all that functionality natively, but. Uh, like, you know, so if you're putting URLs to images, well, where are you hosting your images? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I want to dig deep. Like, what are you trying to build? <laughs> yeah. Right. And often the solution is, well, you should really migrate to Airtable because what you're trying to do with Google Sheets is not going to be easy. Yeah. You're doing it on hard mode. Exactly. It's like in Airtable, you can have an attachment field and just drop images in there or attachments and mm-hmm. and then power importer will just import them into web in, into webflow that that in and of itself is so it's so funny to think about like we we tend to i guess like even as you express this problem i'm thinking well a url we take for granted that a url is an image oh there's an image there because there's a url right that's not that's not the same thing <laughs> those are pretty different actually yeah, it's just like oh yeah, because in a Google Sheet, it's like oh, I would just drop a URL in there. Of course, it's like yeah, that's yeah, that's not that's not really no, nah, that's not how that works, exactly. <laughs> and I've, yeah, I've seen people that then they they you know they realize oh, but they're URLs, so the images have to be somewhere mm-hmm. and it has to be somewhere public so that Webflow can import them. Yeah. So where are you going to put them? You know, like so they try to put them in in. Google Drive, but then they realize that the URL to the page where the image is in Google Drive is not actually the image. You know, it's like it's a shareable link that brings you into Google Drive, the web application, exactly. not the image itself. Yeah. And then they wonder, well, why? Why does it import? And yeah. Then they try Dropbox, and it'll be the same problem. Yeah. You know, it's like, so what? You're gonna set up an S3 bucket, and I mean, a lot of a lot of these no coders do not know how to how to do that. How do you set up an S three bucket? Yeah. Make it read only for the public. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, all those like simple things that we take for granted because we do them all the time. It's just like, oh, yeah. actually, yeah, that's really hard. <laughs> God, that's so. So funny. yeah, 
So, so I like to dig into what what are they trying to build, and then and then yeah, then it's a question of well, how would I if I built it, how would I model it, and uh, mm-hmm. and how what would my workflow look like, right. and then if I can if it seems general generic enough, well then yeah, that's that's an importer I want to build because mm-hmm. other people are going to want to build this this class of product. Totally, they're product genius. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I feel like I just got to look under the hood of... Because, I don't know, like, we've been talking about the, the the CSV upload for so long. We've been talking about Airtable integrations for so long, and now it gives me, like... I, I was able to just get a look under the hood of what it takes to really understand, like, what's happening and what service does it provide. And, like, I feel like for a minute there, I got to see the world through the eyes of your customers. Okay. Yeah, because I've never, I mean, I've, I've played around in Glide, but like that's basically the only no-code app that I've used. So it's very interesting to think about it now of like, oh yeah, but if you were going to build the whole thing, you're trying to build a dynamic system. Um, what are the, what, what concerns are there? And yeah, just starting to unpack right. that a little bit. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's, that's the part that I enjoy. So I want to yeah. do more of that. Yeah, hell yeah. So do you think there's some like concrete steps that you can take to try to knock down the amount of support? I mean, support means that you're getting some new customers, I think. So that's, does that, is there a way you can pay to have this go away <laughs> or pay to, yeah. pay to solve this problem or enlist help? That's a, yeah, that's a good question. I haven't thought it through. I mean, I thought that the first thing I can do is just to stop freely providing this phone support that I offer when someone says, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm having problems setting it up, but that's my first reaction is, Oh, let's, let's just hop, hop on a call and, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get it to work. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I, instead I could, it, it almost takes more time to do it by email, Yeah, <laughs> totally. but, but it's, you know, at least they spend more time explaining the problem mm. and it's asynchronous so I can batch it better. And mm. I've been batching my calls now because for a while that was overwhelming. I would just have calls throughout the whole week. Mm-hmm. So now I, I batched them all in two days. So like, mm. so, but, but I, I think I have a 12 hour window open. Okay. So yes, but on those days it's hard to get any coding done because mm. You know, like oh, I got an hour between these two calls. It's it's hard to really do deep work. That's uh, you know, I've been running into that same problem, um, where I want to be really flexible because I really want to talk to people, uh, but at the same time, I know that well, I want to talk to you, but I don't want to have a call. I don't want like thirty five minutes between calls. Like I yeah. want, I need to be able to bookend things so that I can both talk to people but also work. Um, so it'd be kind of interesting, actually, if that were a uh, a function or a, a piece of functionality in a calendar calendar app like Calendly or Savvy Cal of like try to cluster the calls. So it's like, oh, someone booked me at four p.m. Great, that means availability for this type of meeting is now shrunk to this two-hour window. So if you want to yeah. meet on Tuesday, this is the availability because these are the hours at which I'm doing my calls on Tuesday, for example. Exactly. Or it- you know, it could make the decision for you, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it's either this, it's either I I fit that call r- right here on on Monday, mm-hmm. 
or otherwise if that's not possible for the for the person well then it's it's on your next day of calls exactly and again but limited to like right after another call <laughs> exactly yeah yeah just before just after something that gives you that cluster ability yeah um, exactly yeah i find that very helpful i thought that savvy Cal did something like that i'm not a customer so i don't know but i, I should check it out i thought yeah i thought i heard derek talk about it on uh, the art of product okay I should check that out. Or at least or at least when you send a link to people, like you can limit like you can send specific links, I think. That ha- that each link has its own like availability slots. Yeah, you can do that with Calendly too. Um you can define like, oh, this is a whatever call call with Matt and it's like thirty minute sessions and I can say these are the hours on it. Um No, but here I thought like you could it's like almost pre booked them. So like I could send you a link and in it, it really just shows you like three slots. Oh, that I've that I've handpicked myself. Okay, I thought so. Oh thought, yeah, or at least he talked about it. Yeah, I don't know yeah. If- that that goes along with his kind of um, product ideal of creating a. We're creating this thing together, and I'm nominating the times that work best for me. Um, right, that wouldn't surprise me. Right, maybe it's time that I I take a look at Savvy Hell. I mean, I want to support the guy. <laughs> it's a little bit more money than than Calendly, but. Um, if it's a better like I just never really agreed with his uh, with the way he asserted the value of the product like I don't understand the whole idea of like oh you sent me a calendly link it's so presumptuous but maybe that's just because when I book meetings with people they've agreed to meet with me (laughs) before before uh, I send them a link it's pretty presumptuous to just be like here's a link you want to meet up in the same email that you say hello to someone but um, right but yeah, no, I've, I've, yeah, I never understood that that power dynamic that he describes. Yeah, I, like I, I'll, you know, if someone sends me a link, I don't get offended. No, <laughs> and, and I've even when I send a link to people, I've even had them thank me. Oh, you know, oh, thanks. That makes it so much simpler. Same. Yeah, because otherwise, what we're gonna email back and forth for a week? No, <laughs> it's like no. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, this could be a good uh, opportunity to leverage that. Because, yeah, scheduling calls is... Or not scheduling calls, but clustering calls would be real nice. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's why I limit it to two days. Like, yeah, It's like, yeah, those two days I'm going to write off. There's going to be a bunch of these little hours here or there that I have nothing on the calendar. Mm. And, but I can do small tasks for those things. Like, I don't, yeah. you know... But then at least I have three days for the rest of the week where now I can do deep work for those three days. Yeah, totally. All right. I think that that'll be the model I move to. Um, yeah, cool. But yeah, I think to answer your question, like how am I going to reduce those calls? I don't. I don't think I can really outsource them. I yeah, I kind of agree. Like I need an expert in Power Importer mm. and Webflow and Airtable. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm just going to move. Try to move things to email instead of of call. Mm, yeah. Or maybe you know, maybe offer, like like you were saying earlier, like offer to charge people, you know, like for whatever for a few hundred dollars, I'll uh, I'll coach you how to do it. Mm. Yeah, because you definitely hit on like you said the problem of modeling something in Webflow, and I guess I mean you've probably done a number of these calls, so because um, I guess you you could always identify if those problems are the ones worth solving, like if modeling like. If in their big problem it was because they didn't model their Webflow CMS properly, then it's like great you can put together your own 
university of, okay, this is how you need to think about this problem. And you can always draw from case studies of things you've already seen to say, oh, when something's structured this way, it looks like this or whatever, um, and hope that that solves the problem, at least as a tier one support. And then tier two was like, okay, book a call with me, but it's X dollars an hour. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not because I, that's what I want to do for a living. Is Yeah. But, but putting a price on it just shows that this is value added. Absolutely. Like, and maybe they'll prefer email instead. Mm-hmm. Right. No, no, you're right. We can just solve this by email. Mm-hmm. Or if they, because I mean, I'm just imagining a cool exchange of something like, hey, Mark, I'm having problems doing this. I'm having problems doing X and Y. Can you help? And then for you to be able to say, oh, that's actually very similar to something in the knowledge base. And I have a video that really explains and shows you how to do it. Um, so that maybe that's enough. Like, for a lot yeah. of cases. Yeah, I would love to, to start building some use cases. Like already one of my customers did a use case. I was pleasantly surprised. Like last week he he released it. But it but it was released it was written up by Foxy. So Foxy is like they they offer an e commerce solution. Okay. That you can just integrate into Webflow. Mm-hmm. So so you get more flexibility than the native e-commerce solution that Webflow offers. Right. So it works with your CMS. So anything you can put in the CMS, you can set a price on it and sell it through Foxy. Okay. So so Foxy did a big write-up of his use case of how he used oh. Power and Porter, Airtable, and Webflow and Foxy right. to like to, to build this site. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so that was cool. And then he offered to do it, you know. On, to do a, a version that's more power importer centric because obviously the one on Foxy talked a lot more about the Foxy functionality. Sure. So, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I need to do more of these. <laughs> like for sure. You know, like I, you know, I know that I have to do more content marketing. So this is an opportunity. And if I can have yeah videos and blog posts for each use case, and then I can just point people to them like, Right. Okay, you have category, you have categories and subcategories and products. Well, go check out this use case. It has mm. those things too, and that's and you'll see how they solved it. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a stellar tier one support. Or I don't know if I'm using the right word, but like somebody comes to you with a problem, and you're like, "Great, I actually have a resource that'll help you." That sounds very similar to what you're trying to do. Like that. That sounds great. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah, and the side project that I'm working on. Mm-hmm with a collaborator like will also help a lot of these these situations okay i think it will it will provide examples of things that are built Mm. with power importer and Airtable and webflow okay how's side project coming will we hear about it soon yeah it's yeah it's going well i mean i uh i think maybe maybe this week Oh, we'll be able to launch something? Maybe. Okay. I'm not sure. All right. I won't hold you st- to it. But. Yeah. I still have some code to write on my end. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the get reward for integration, I'm still not finished. Okay. Right. Okay. So hopefully in the next two weeks. Cool. I'm very excited to stop talking about it in the... In the yeah, me too. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. It must be so boring to hear about <laughs> these abstract things. It will be but made real are, soon. Yeah, exactly. Those are my priorities. Is cool. that side project and new in, new integrations? Um, do you have a, the most important thing right now? Yeah, it's that side project. Okay, still the side project. Yeah, cool. 
Yeah, but but that's it. But when I'm in a holding pattern, like then I can work on the second most important thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which will be these other integrations. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Otherwise, I I'm taking a bit of a Twitter break. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I was really starting to notice that whenever. Well, first of all, I had set up all these these alerts so that when people talked about Webflow and Airtable, I'd get alerted and then I could jump in. Mm-hmm. So, but but I'd get several of them each day, you know, and and also I had notifications on for several accounts okay. on Twitter that I was following so that I could be part of the conversation, you know, like doing all the the growth hacks that people tell you to do, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't really seeing results. Like, it's not like I was seeing an increase in traffic coming to Power Importer from it. Mm-hmm. And my my follower counts were not increasing any quicker than they already were, okay. like just naturally. So I decided to put all that on hold. Mm-hmm. So th- I turned off the notifications um, and I... I downloaded a book on my phone. So whenever I'm bored and my reflex is to pick up the phone and just open up Twitter and now I just look at the book instead. Okay. Uh, when did you start your break? Uh, late late last week. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, it, it makes such a difference. Like I'm, I'm so much happier. Good. Twitter, Twitter is just, I don't know. I mean, there's the toxic part of Twitter, right? Sure. Like that, I'm, I'm sort of, I avoid it. Like, I, the second that, that someone I'm following talks politics, I either unfollow them or I mute them. Yeah. So, so that, that wasn't the problem. The problem is that there's just a whole lot of people that are, they're there to, to hustle and to grind mm. and, uh, you know, they're doing all the. The Twitter growth marketing hacks, right? And I don't know. There's just something about it, like I just don't like. Mm. You know, like when you see you see that all these posts are are just automated. Yeah. Right. And and it's it's almost like clickbait, right? It's like they're asking a question, but you're there. Yeah, but I can see that you posted it through this app, so I know that you wrote this question maybe last week. Mm. Right, and it's like, are you really asking the question, or you're just trying to engage people? Right, trying to stir. And I feel, on. yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm being manipulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it just does something to my psychology. I just yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I hate it. I think especially it's a stark contrast with how you interact with Twitter. So yeah. I don't know what it is, but I get um, Twitter will recommend me tweets based on your activity all the time. So, okay. so like I'll see that you liked something or I'll see that you are responding to something or and like responding to somebody I definitely don't follow. I'm not sure why these show up in my feed, but I think you're prolific at Twitter. Like you're whatever you're doing makes you feel omnipresent. Like in my timeline, like I'm seeing you, you're engaging with people. Like I, I don't know what how, you gave me a, a brief picture of it just now, but it feels like you're everywhere. So, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. <laughs> that's the and like it's. I think it's pretty interesting because you you engage so authentically with people. Um, so I can see why you know somebody that 
schedule the tweet to be sent to stir the pot is <laughs> is uh, is not up your alley. But yeah, like yeah. like I don't. I mean, often I'll have the reflex like, oh, like you know, I want to answer this question. <laughs> sure. But then I feel like, nah, nah, nice try, nice try. <laughs> he almost got me there. You know, <laughs> it's it's the equivalent of clickbaits. Yeah. Right. Like clickbaiting. It's like. It's a it's a title that's gonna make you angry or yeah. or something, and you're gonna click it just to go see it. Mm-hmm. It's almost the equivalent. It's like um, you're asking a question, and the answer is pretty easy, you know. But everyone wants to share their opinion, so you you want to answer it. Yeah, totally. But uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that you say you 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 see me active. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, I had I have all these alerts and mm-hmm. notifications, so. But my goal for Twitter is I want I want the sense of community, like where yeah, yeah we're helping each other and we're so that's why I, I don't like when I the, the stuff that I know is just automated. It doesn't feel authentic. Totally. Well, and I think that seeing your responses to things, well, like the other takeaway <laughs> than that you're treating things very authentically is you're very active. Like I can see why you need a break because it feels like <laughs> are. You, I think you spend quite a lot, a lot of time on Twitter. It seems. Well, that's it. Like it, I get all those notifications, and then I batch. Like I'll batch my responses. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's like in between two calls, or or when I take a break. Like you know, I've been coding for a while, so then I, I need a break. Mm-hmm. So then that's that's usually when I'll open the phone, and then I have all these notifications, okay. and I just go through them and yeah. respond or okay. comment or. Yeah, you've got like a queue of activity that you can just kind of chew through. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. That's it. And, and it all goes to my phone. So, th- mm-hmm. so when I'm when I'm concentrated on work, like the phone's on Do Not Disturb, so I, I don't hear any of it. But then when you take a break, go go get a glass of water or go make some coffee. Like then I I look at the phone and then I I go through all of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's it. I wanted to break that habit so that. During those moments, I can pick up the phone and read a book instead. Totally, yeah. No, I, I, I was just gonna say, oh yeah, I do the same thing. You know, oh, I'm taking a break. Let's just pick up the old phone. But at this point, like, I'm, do I, I? I almost feel safe talking for all of humanity and saying we are <laughs> addicted to our phones. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. oh th- this isn't going the way that I hoped, or I'm frustrated by this activity. Huh? Pick up the phone. Give me some dopamine instead. That sounds better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And and it, there's so many opportunities where you're like you're bored, yeah. Right? And yeah. the only thing that's readily available is your phone. Mm-hmm. And I don't really play games, so you know it's going to be Twitter, yeah, or Hacker News, yeah. Well, Twitter break sounds healthy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and I I I just hope that the product will just sell itself like I don't need to be so active mm. on Twitter to grow a, an audience mm. and then I will have an audience to talk to about new features and- right when you are responding to people and jumping in as part of the conversation are you seeing questions around how to do something is it more like oh I just tried Webflow and it was awesome or like what are the kinds of things that you find yourself responding to or engaging with well when it's when it's people I know it's 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 just basically authentic uh, conversation. Okay. But when it's uh, notifications from people I don't know, and it's it's always 
if they're struggling trying to get Airtable and Webflow to work together. Okay. That's when I like to, to jump in. And, right. Okay. But yeah, it's not... But it's... Yeah, I try not to be spammy, though. I'm not... Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm not just posting the link. You know, each time I see Airtable and Webflow mentioned, just go here. You're not just a reply it's, guy or whatever that word no. is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's if I see that they're struggling yeah. with it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, yeah, if, if it's working, everything is, is fine. Mm. You, you're just showing off of what you built. Well, then it's like, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it'd be, I mean, you also mentioned that it's your follower count wasn't necessarily going up in a meaningful way relative to what you'd already been doing. So it's like, is, exactly. is all this engagement helping? So it's kind of interesting to think like, I wonder if you, yeah, attribution, man. I mean, but Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's the biggest problem is you have no idea where your followers are coming from. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's been growing since, I, since I've been active. So mm-hmm. I've, I've only started being active since November when I when I publicly launched Power Importer. So it's it's been growing steadily. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a big difference how active I am, though. Right. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, I mean, for a while, I w- whenever we posted a new podcast episode, I would tweet about <laughs> it. <laughs> the last two times, you, you tweeted first. So I was like, oh, this... this is a perfect summary of the podcast. I'll just retweet it. I, I honestly, you you tweeted it, and I'm like, why am I not doing this? This is like such a simple <laughs> way for me to share what I'm doing. Right. And so I've been like, no, I'm gonna fucking tweet this. It's gonna be amazing. And now I'm just like time boxing it of just like, okay, I'm posting this in 20 seconds. Like you have to whatever I've written in that box in 20 seconds with that URL is going live. So don't think about it. Like just tweet it. Perfect. I've forgotten about the power of time boxing. But like I, I saw you talking about like you would tweet the episode, and I just like I don't know. It's I got like FOMO of my own podcast. I'm like, why am I not promoting myself? This is, this is silly. I love our podcast. Yeah. I think it's great. I want people to listen to it. Why the hell am I not tweeting it? We're not doing much, right, for marketing. No, like, no, we never we never shared it on Indie Hackers. Oh, that's a good point. I probably could post it there. I, I shared it on Indie Worldwide. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. But yeah, that's a good point, actually. All right. Maybe I'll um, post this episode. I'll, uh, I'll I'll share it up on Indie Hackers and let people know. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that was my week. Cool. And yeah, like I you, you know what my big thing is for next week? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's just going to be the same. Cool. How about yourself? How was your week? Week was good. I really took our <laughs> our conversation to heart last week. And realized that I just got to go talk to people. So I just started calling all my friends and minor acquaintances and was like, hey, want to have lunch? So I ended up having three interviews last week. We record on Monday and I post the call. I was like, great. Uh, Hey, man, what's going on? How you been? Want to have lunch on Wednesday? (laughs) Or hey, want to have lunch on Thursday? So I'm just trying to carve out an hour every day that I would normally spend doing nothing else and just chill with people. talk Talk to them, see how they're doing, that kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah. Way to go. So that was, it's definitely getting me back into the vibe of, all right, I got to find more people to talk to. So I did three last week and I have four scheduled this week and I'm waiting on one more to do five. Okay. So right now I'm doing kind of one a day, but I'm thinking about batching them up, but 
I'm a little scared to batch them up. I, I don't want to batch them too closely because I, I want the right. calls to go as long as they need to go. Not necessarily like, we have 30 minutes and that's it. Um, but I mean, most people are at work. So like, they're not like, ah, oh, I'm not doing anything. We can talk for a few hours. Right. So, because <laughs> I'm. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, right? You're talking to developers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're actually working. Yeah, they're doing things. So that's been fun. It's been nice to catch up with with a few friends but also hear about what they're dealing with um i've you know because we're they are the people i've spoken with so far are my, are my friends so we're kind of shooting the shit a little bit just getting back into it so i've been trying to find the right jumping off point to kind of get into their life and their, and and work and how things are going so i've kind of been leading off with things like um so have you guys been talking about going back to work yet because, you know, with the vaccines and everything else, it's like, so when are you, you going to be headed back to the office? Uh, what is your remote schedule going to look like? So, and like to give some context, I'm, I'm interested in remote work, but I'm really talking to developers in general. And I feel like the hot right. button issue right now is develop uh, remote work going forward for developers and what people want and what the world's going to offer them and everything in between. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of been like, so going back to the office, like what's, what's the story there? And yeah, it's kind of been nice just to chat with people about how they've been, how they've been dealing with things. People are excited to go back to the office. Um, well, some really? people are. I've, I've, I've definitely noticed that um, people who don't have kids are excited to go back to the office because I think they see a, like a social aspect to it. And the people with kids are like, actually, this is kind of nice. And my commute sucked anyway. So, <laughs> right. So I've, yeah, I know. I'm I'm su- I'm surprised. I mean, maybe because I'm so introverted and I like. I like working remotely. Like, I just thought developers were also mostly introverted and would be happy working remote. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice to start fleshing out person. I mean, personas, I guess, a little bit of like, what is it that people want, and why is it that they believe this specific thing? Because I a bunch of people I've spoken with, kind of over the last few months, have said I'm way more productive at home. This is great. But one guy I spoke with this week said, oh, I'm way less productive at home. Um, in his workplace, he was saying that the friction required to ping someone is so low that everybody's like, oh, they're just pinging me all day because they because they can and it, it's no big deal. Versus in the office, they say, oh, I want to go ping Matt, but uh, he, maybe, looks bu- he looks busy. Yeah, he looks right. busy or maybe I want to get up and go see him, but oh, I don't know that I want to get up. Like. <laughs> So it's it's been very interesting because I've uh, I was talking with someone else and I was relaying this experience and um, saying like oh you know they the the I said the friction of sending someone a message is so and then they f- finished my sentence and said actually it's so high the friction is very high of sending someone a message and I was kind of startled and I was thinking like, oh, it's very high. What, like, what makes you say that? And they're like, oh, because you're, you're impeding on, you're inserting yourself into their lives. Like they, they have to stop what they're doing and answer your message. And I'm just thinking, oh, that's so funny. Isn't it funny how we, we can people, we can believe the opposite. Like it's, yeah. Right. The human experience is so different. That's why not everyone's your customer. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. Cause yeah, I mean the, the, the whole point was just to, actually do it right exactly actually talk to people to actually send them an email (laughs) to like to to ask them if they're interested and then actually scheduling it and doing it yeah yeah 
nicely done. Thanks. So yeah, I, I think I'm just going to continue to do this. Like, well, I mean, I want to do it, obviously, but but I I want to make sure I'm devoting lots of time each week to to filling out my next week and making sure that I'm meeting in with at least one person a day um, to keep talking and understanding what people's problems are. Um, and yeah, like really, because right now the conversations are very general. Like, I, you know, I kind of have an idea of where I want to go, but right now it's kind of like, how's remote work been? And, you know, what are you focusing on? How are things? And it's kind of do, like the, the discovery is very general. Um, so I'll be interested to dig in a little bit more of of things like, you know, one, one thing we were chatting about briefly was, um, you know, what does your team look like? Cause I'm interested in developers. I mean, yes, remote work is a thing that, that, uh, you know, any knowledge worker, um, is going to be dealing with in the next few months or has been dealing with at least for all of COVID. And my fascination with developers, you know, I, I am a developer. I know them. I, I, I can speak, I can speak the language of the dev and it's interesting to hear about how, what makes you want to stay at the office? What makes you want to come home? What makes you want to go hybrid? Because um, I'm very interested too in like, what does your team look like? What does it, what did it look like before? What does it look like now? There's a lot of small questions there, just understanding exactly the context of um, of what they're doing and and how things have changed or how they want things to change. Um, it's tough because you can only get you can only ask so many questions. <laughs> the calls are not that long. We are at work, but. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm trying to find a more pointed questions to ask, I guess, or just yeah, areas to explore. Yeah, I mean, are you gonna run out of friends soon? Yep. Or, <laughs> yeah, so okay. yeah, so I'm already brainstorming. Like, okay, how can I? Um, how can I? What uh, what communities can I go to? You know, I'm a part of uh, Indie Worldwide and Founders Club, so there's no reason to not just poke a couple channels and say, hey, I'm just looking to talk with people who are working remote. Like, let's talk. Yeah. And and it's an opportunity to make it a little, a little more formal, mm-hmm. like to say that this is like it's sort of an interview, like you're doing research, mm-hmm. like, so that it there's less chit chat and more digging deeper into certain questions you're trying to get answers for. Yeah. So the nice thing is that um, with all the expat taxes st- research that I was doing, I'm a member of a bunch of Facebook groups where basically only people working remotely because they're expats over here or whatever. So um, I can mine a lot of these groups and hope that there's people who are interested in talking about their experience and that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm I'm just looking to meet as many people as I can. So if you're listening to this podcast and we haven't, we haven't talked, yes. reach out to me on Twitter because I'd love to talk to you. So yeah, I'm right now I'm just trying to meet as many people as I can. I'm, I'm getting interesting tidbits. Um, and I mean, like one of the things that's, continued to come up which is i mean i don't know how you solve this problem but it's very interesting is the idea of the water cooler and we all being in the flow of information is really nice like i i worked i for the last two companies i worked for i was not at hq we were a satellite office and if you wanted to be in the flow of product information of roadmap decisions just the little things that are going on that are happening outside of Zoom or Google Hangouts. You really have to work hard to be in that flow of information. And now all of a sudden people are starting to, well, not all of a sudden, I mean, it's really been happening since COVID of, I'm worried that I'll miss out on a promotion because I didn't go to these drinks or I wasn't at the office when this happened or, you know, I I didn't get my chance to schmooze. Uh, And people are really worried that they're not going to be, well, let me back that up. People say that they are worried about this, but I haven't yet 
found somebody who has done something to try to correct it or to try to mitigate that risk. Um, it might be because they there aren't any solutions or that they don't know how to go about solving the problem, but it's a it's a concern, but I'm not sure how pressing it is. Yeah. I mean, it's... I don't see how they can solve it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the big question of, like, does it mean that I have to become the social coordinator at my office? <laughs> like, I, right. I don't know what it means. I don't know if people are that strategic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where they can think, wait, wait, how do I change things so that, I don't know, I get more recognition for my work? Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah. But... Like maybe maybe employers are concerned about this too. If they're not, they, they should be. Yeah, and they might actually be looking for solutions, mm. especially if we're going to have a hybrid work environment where some people are remote some of the time or all the time, mm-hmm. and the others are at the office. Yeah, yeah. It's like preventing the second class citizens. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it's interesting. I'd love to talk to somebody at um, WordPress to understand what the culture of the company is like. Because I think there's, at least from the devs that I've spoken to, which is not many, but I'll be interested to see how it how it works out, If th- that people kind of think there's two forms of developers. Like ones who are just like headphones on, clickety-clack at the keyboard, like typing as quick as they can to get stuff done. And then there's people who want more water cooler. They want to build influence around them. Um, they want to cultivate relationships. Not that any of those things aren't value add, because I think that that's what I did for a lot of my career, and I think it added a lot of value. But that's what they're good at, and that's how they want to work, and they're not able to do that. And they feel like their only way that they're being evaluated is the number of lines of code that they produce. So it's like, oh, you did 200 today, and you, but you did 400 yesterday. Like, what happened? And it's like, I mean, if... First of all, like public service announcement, if your employer is doing that, you need to quit immediately. Yeah. But I can see how people believe that. Um, how do you how do you gauge or how are you evaluated on your product productivity, your contribution? What does that look like? I actually I feel like there's always been two classes of developers. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying now how we don't want to have these second-class citizens in the workplace, right? Mm. But I feel there's always been sort of, especially in a, in a big corporate company, like in a kind of corporate culture, mm. where you have yeah developers that are headsets on and just coding and just they're really in their bubble mm-hmm. in a state of flow. Um, but usually they're not the ones that are going to move up in the company. Mm. It's going to be the ones that are a lot more extroverted and yeah going to play golf and right yeah i mean i definitely think that the opportunities are different i think in my experience i like speaking yeah speaking from my own experience i'm very product oriented and in the companies that i've been at the product managers have always been the product managers that i've worked with have always been in san francisco or you know somewhere else and i really try to sit as close to them as I can because they're the, they're the, not only do they have the flow of information, but they have all the context as well. It's like, well, we're, we want this green. It's like, but why do we want it green? Oh, well, we did all these interviews and we did X and Y and green means this. And like, they've got everything. So because I've been next to them, I've always been way more, I guess, product oriented or I don't know, maybe it's a chicken egg thing, but it's, that's always been my, my jam. And there are developers that are not like that and they 
choose to focus on the technical thing kind of in front of them. And we just grow in separate areas. Like at least in the, in the works I've been in, you can get promoted as a technical person. It's like your, your role kind of remains the same. Maybe you're doing a little more architecture or that kind of thing. But, um, the more product focused people tend to go on to lead the projects or to not, I've, I've never led people, but to lead, um, to lead larger initiatives and be the man on the ground that can, uh, that can speak to the context of the problem, the way the developers need to hear it. But like you're saying, like if I'm do, working on the interpersonal stuff, that becomes my job. <laughs> my job is to be in the flow of information and find ways to like insert right. myself into that. And yeah, the opportunities end up being pretty different. Because yeah, I found very quickly, because I was a very technical person and, and I kept turning down um, offers to be promoted to management. Mm. Things like, no, 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 I want to keep writing code and designing systems. So there was a very, a very low ceiling that I could reach. Right. And that's it. Like, I couldn't go any higher than that. But other people who chose the, like, to be a team leader or to be a manager, like, there was no limit to how high up they could move up and, and salary wise also, mm. like, you know, eventually become a director and, and have like stock options and, profit sharing and mm. even even like the CTO was not a technical person <laughs> what yeah what the fuck <laughs> yeah I, yeah I don't know that's it it seems like I don't know hmm. yeah so man yeah it, this is yet another dimension that adds to the to the worldview of the people I'm talking to because it's one thing to be like oh I want to write code that's all I want to do and it's like okay but like how do you feel about your career prospects going forward. Are you cool with that? Because if you're cool with it, great. What will it mean for you? Do you feel like there's things that you're giving up by doing that? Do you feel like it's the wrong, quote unquote, wrong thing to do? Um, yeah, like, oh man, there's so much to this. Because I know from like an organizational level, like companies want, it's like if you're a tech company and you're of a technical product, then it's like you want excellent technical people. So you want them to continue to grow. It. Well, you want some people to grow, continue to grow technically. And then you probably want some technical people to go on to be more interpersonal to manage those technical people. Um, I don't know, at least like from the outside, from the outside, it looks like you want a little bit of both, and you want people to feel like they can grow into either. Ideally, that seems like because if you're if you want to reap from your own stock or whatever it is, then unless you're very interested in hiring externally, because I would think, yeah, the, the very technical people and the more social people-oriented people like you know the technical ones are going to be happy with working from home mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right but the other ones will not they won't they're going to want to return to the office that's a great question i'll be very interested to see where these conversations lead like the more we talk about this the more i realize that there's a ton of different forces at play and understanding each person's position in that in that stream of force it helps you to understand like how they're how they're addressing their problems because like to compare this with like finance for example i mean like everybody's really got in finance like getting promoted is a big deal getting that title bump is a big deal so people are always trying to show that they're gunning for that position gunning for that promotion because it's so competitive and i wonder so part of me looks at it and think like you know maybe they're more interested in a you know, let's 
pretend there was a product that did this that somehow magically <laughs> magically fixed this problem it almost seems like they're more interested in a product like this because it immediately helps them to come back into the spotlight but maybe they're the kind of people that are like nope back to the office anyway this isn't a risk we, we can't take this risk um for this promotion is right. not worth the risk I and mean, we're all going back to the office that's it that's what i was thinking when you were saying like that people are saying they're worried about it but they're not really doing anything about it so i'm thinking most of them feel like there is nothing to do about it the only solution is to go back to the office mm -hmm. even if i prefer to work remotely yeah yeah but the employer might actually want people to stay home because <laughs> they can downgrade their office space and there's cost savings. Yeah. So they might be open for a solution that still gets that synergy, that mm -hmm. sense of community. And Yeah, I'd like to interview some more people at Shopify. I think that'll be really interesting because as soon as COVID started, or not as soon as, I mean, I remember when Toby made the announcement saying Shopify is now like a fully remote company. Um, the office will ch like the idea of an office will change completely. Um, you know, get work, get ready to work from home because that's what's happening now. That's what's next. So I'll be interested to see how t I would be interested to hear more about how teams have adapted to that because maybe right now, co within COVID times, we're in that time where everybody's waiting for it to be over. Um, I have to keep reminding myself that COVID is not remote work. These are not the same thing. Right. We're, right now, we're locked yeah. in our homes. When you when you do remote work, you have a social life. You can go to a gym. You can there are things you can do. Um, this is not that. But it's interesting with something like Shopify, where they kind of said, "No, this is what it will be from now on." So don't clench your teeth and try to like just make it through this. This is what it is now. So they would have needed a big shift in you know if if getting promoted and showing off an individual contributors contributions and, high, and just giving them the spotlight if that matters to them I'll be interested to know how they how they've begun to incorporate that if they have it all maybe they've I never worked at Shopify but maybe that was something they were already doing but how has that changed has it gotten better has it gotten worse do they have data to know like are people quitting over not getting promoted yeah because I, I right. yeah that's part of it too like I wonder what some metrics are around this that you could gather to try to understand the effects of something like this. But I guess we don't know yet. I mean, it's not until we return to work and things start to happen outside of COVID that we'll really know like, what are the impacts of remote work and does it work well for some industries and not for others. But you want to just concentrate on developers, right? Yeah, I, I think I, I understand developers best. I understand developer organizations better. Um, right. But I'm at this point, I'm, I'm open to insights in general of like the more I can learn about remote work, the better. Um, but yeah, developers, I'm I'm definitely most interested in because it also might be that they hate their every developer is using the same VPN client and they all hate it for a bunch of reasons. And it's like, oh, actually, what I should be building is a VPN client, or uh, who knows? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the point. Yeah, like you might totally pivot into something completely different. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's okay. Yeah. So, and the nice thing is that like I know I want to serve developers. Like developers are my people, and and I know that it's a strength I have, so I should be using it. Yeah, because it'll be really interesting to have an to get a clearer idea of what what's lacking in the tool space for people who are working remotely. I, I said VPN because I used to when I was uh, when I was at Upgrade, we had two VPNs that we were managing, and whenever you needed to move environments, it was disconnect and reconnect, and you get a push notification and blah blah blah. 
So, so it was very, um, there was a lot of hassle associated with it, but there were paid products out there that I later on learned about. And it's just like, oh yeah, it turns out that, you know, just getting in front of people and letting them know, oh, you have this problem and there's a solution right here. It works. It's enough. Yeah. It's been so long since I've worked in an office with a team that I'm so disconnected. (laughs) Like when I last time I worked there was no slack right so <laughs> so there was no constant notifications yeah. and interruptions and oh man so someone would come over and peek over your cubicle wall and <laughs> that was your ping you weren't all, you weren't all on ICQ yeah we had we had messenger but uh, but there was no you know there's, there's still that border between am I going to let you in to my personal icq Mm. right like you still had to to invite someone in order to be allowed to chat right together so like do i really want to mix my professional and personal instant messaging yeah so it wasn't so yeah like yeah i had some people at at work that i was friends with and yeah we would use icq or whatever we were using Mm -hmm. back then i don't remember which one but uh, so yeah, we we could use that, but otherwise it was email, yeah, email or in person. Okay. Yeah, I feel like as soon as I I worked in an office forever, and then as soon as I stopped working in the office, I you it starts to leave you that feeling of working in an office. I got so used to working from home because I worked from home for about a I guess a year, almost a year before COVID started. Um, I worked forty percent at my job, and then I worked sixty percent for myself. And then I was like, I'm not going to commute. Forget it. I'm going to commute for right. three hours of work or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I worked from remotely for a year. So I've I've been out of the game for for a long time now. So yeah, you already right. forget. And that's why you have to talk to people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, so that's been nice. It's been it's been good chatting with people again. Um, I feel like I'm contributing to Zoom fatigue, but that's fine. <laughs> it's all right. It's it's worth it for the conversations. It's worth it. Right. And then. Yeah. So aside from doing more interviews, that kind of thing, learning as learning as much as I can, um, I did a deep, deep dive on SPACs. Why is the word SPAC so fun to say? Oh my god, it's the best. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh god, do the SPAC, bro. SPAC. <laughs> anyway, like I, I did a did a bunch of reading on SPACs. Uh, I was really interested to ask a couple of questions about them. Like what is really going on? Like when the two want to consummate the marriage, like what, what really happens there legally? Um, because the comp, like the company's already public. Like I wanted to understand that what, what's happening between these two entities. And then the other part that I wanted to ask was, I mean, this is a way that a private company can go public, but if you want to be public, then why not just IPO? So, like, learning about the IPO process and why it's why you wouldn't want to go through it and why you would want to SPAC instead. And I feel like I've got that answered for the most part. So, I okay. sat down kind of in the middle of the week and just I wrote up an outline of, every, of everything that I'd learned. And I've started on my first draft, probably about three quarters done. And in my second draft, I'm going to – I really want to overlay my questions on top of – I, mis- I messaged, uh, mentioned before that I have some friends that work for Sonder, and Sonder has am- announced that they're going to do the SPAC. Uh, sounds like a dance when you say it that way. I'm going to do the SPAC. <laughs> um, so I, I, I kind of want to like 
tell it like a story from Saunders' perspective and and uh, the, and the the holding company and, and understand like okay what's going on here and what does the dance look like um, just to stretch my legs with writing a little bit more that kind of thing um, plus it'd be kind of informative it's topical posted in a couple places and maybe people yeah. like it maybe they don't but it's it's nice to because uh, it's a it's a pretty complex like it's a pretty complex instrument the spack well instrument like thing. Um, but it's not particularly deep. Like I learned, I, I feel like I learned it very well in, you know, probably eight to 10 hours of research. Um, so I feel like I can write pretty competently about what it is and what it's doing and that sort of thing. Um, and I don't have an MBA or anything like that. Like it's a lot of financial jargon in there that I definitely don't understand, but you know, like oh, how the entities merge and why they merge and what that means and why you don't have to do some paperwork for the private company. And yeah, so... So I'm kind of detailing all of that. And it's kind of, I, I forgot how frustrating it is to write. Oh my God. Writing long form is, <laughs> I haven't done it since school. So it's kind of funny yeah. to, to sit down and I'm going to write this for consumption. How do I, how do I do this? So it's been nice to stretch my legs again. Well, I will definitely read it. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm interested in learning more about SPACs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been fun to do a bit of research. So I, I'm still trying to figure out what the final draft is going to look like. I don't want to spend a billion hours on this. Like as I was writing this piece, I was asking myself, what is the most important thing? Is this is this article the most important thing? And really, what I ended up coming to was the most important thing is that I talk to as many people as I can. So and I'm still finishing up my consulting work. So as long as I'm doing, I'm really aiming for five a week. I want to do more, but I, I think at this point, like understanding more channels to talk to people and that kind of thing is probably the most important thing and getting the word out and scheduling more. Um, but the writing about SPACs is not the most important thing, but I do need to kill time between meetings. So that's how I'm, <laughs> that's how I'm uh, killing time for now. But um, do you enjoy writing? Um, do I enjoy writing? Yeah. Well, okay. What I enjoy is I enjoy really understanding something and then teaching somebody uh how to how it's done so like one of the things that when i was at upgrade because i had been there for so long and i was involved when a lot of systems were first being built and i was so interested in the product i can tell you i can explain the entire organization to you and what each system does why they do it who they talk to the complications everything so so new people would join and they would pop by my desk and say, oh, hey, Matt, like, um, you know, I'm new. Uh, I was interested in this part of the system and everybody told me to come over and see you. <laughs> so I'd be like, okay. And so we'd sit down for an hour or two and I, with a big piece of paper and I would just draw out the systems and what's happening. And it's like, a, it's like verbal diarrhea, right? Like it's just so much information. Um, but. Uh, it was kind of nice because at the end you had a sheet of paper and I could be like, here you go. You know, this is your, this is your handout for the day. Um, but those lectures that I would do, we eventually recorded and they would be the onboarding flows for, um, for people who would join. So now when I assume it's in the knowledge library somewhere, but if you're new at upgrade, you get my lecture of, uh, cool. <laughs> of, uh, of how the system works. So I, I love that stuff. I, it's, it's cool to go deep and explain things for, so that they're consumable for, uh, for the layman. Okay, but the writing itself is not. It's hard. It's it's something that I'm not I'm not great at. So right. Well, I don't know if I'm not great at it, but it's something I don't have a lot of practice at. That's for sure. Um, 
But I mean, this is an avenue for me to, to teach what I now know. So hopefully, I guess we'll see. I mean, it's an experiment. Everybody, it feels like everybody and their dog talks about how, oh, you got to write more. Writing is every bit like, yeah. So I don't know. It'd be nice yeah. if I was good at it. Yeah. If, it was, if I was good at it and it came easy, then I would do it more. Mm. Because I, I definitely like the idea. Like I, just like yourself, I'm very curious. So I'd lo- I love digging, digging deep into a subject, learning about it. Mm. And I like explaining it to someone who, who's also curious about it, mm. right? Oh, let me tell you what, what I learned about it. You know? mm. But, oh my God, I can't write. <laughs> <laughs> Such a perfectionist. Mm. And I'll write the first draft, second, third, and it just never feels right. Mm. And so yeah, if there wasn't, uh, I guess video is the other way of doing mm-hmm. it. But even video is a lot of work. Yeah. And it can't just be you staring at the camera and describing it, right? Yeah. There has to be some visuals. Totally. So none of that stuff is easy. Yeah, that I mean that's the problem, right? If you want to do if you want to do it well, it's never easy. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I I do feel like that's part of my um one of my strengths is that I feel like I'm very energetic in conversation. So it's fun to pull emphasis and say, "Oh, but this is really interesting." Of like, oh, but when the two merge, it's not that they really merge the way you think they do. It's like the controlling interest is on is over here. So it's like it. I don't know. It's like taking your ideas and saying them out loud. Is it's it's just more fun for me to talk. I don't know. Talking is fun. <laughs> and part of me is thinking like, oh, but if I could have it in written form, then I could be like Julian Shapiro. Oh, then I could be like these guys that I read, and I'm like, oh, they they're so good at distilling this stuff. But I think he enjoys writing. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Yeah. He's got a strength there. So I don't know. I, I was just curious. I was just asking because yeah. I was curious. I'm not. I'm not saying you shouldn't. You shouldn't be writing. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's a fair. Um, I think it's a good question though to ask. Like you know, like do you even enjoy it? Because like what I what I'm finding is I, I it's I guess it's kind of a similar experience to like oh I want to paint the Mona Lisa. And then it's like, I drew a stick figure and a stick tree. And it's like, that didn't come out the way that I wanted it to. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what, what do I need to refine this? How do I refine it, refine it, refine it? Make it clear, make it more close to what, I'm, to what I was picturing. Um, and I'm not frustrated by that process. Well, either way, the nice thing is it'll be nice and short. So I just need to time box it and throw a few more hours at it. And if it's a piece of shit, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not building a business around SPACs. Right, exactly. Not worried exactly. about going scorched earth on this one. <laughs> and you're practicing, practicing a skill that yeah. will come in handy in whatever you do. Yeah. If it helps me write better tweets, <laughs> that would be that'd be appreciated. <laughs> you need to up your Twitter game, Matt. Oh, I know, man. It's brutal. I'm terrible. So yeah, that was pretty much my week. And going forward for this coming week, I've got some more consulting work to do. Uh, one of my clients finished up on Friday, which is fantastic. Oh, really? Yep. So I'm finishing up the other one. I've got high, high hopes for the end of this week, submitting one report at the end of this week for 2019. I'm doing 2019, 2020. Um, 2020 should be way more straightforward, um, uh, especially after everything I've learned, even in the past week. Um, I can uh, directly apply that to 2020, which is great. So, yeah, we're so I'm plugging away at it and just yeah, getting more interviews and making sure that I'm getting myself booked. So I'm trying to book like a week out is my um, is my hope. So if you see me on Indie Worldwide and I'm looking for 
and I'm looking to talk to you, talk to me. I'm nice. <laughs> and I'll try not to waste your time. And then vacation time? I mean, when the when the consultants finish, or when the consultants finish, when I finish with the consultants and everything's submitted, I'm it's still in the cards. Then And then, too, uh, I'll be able to know how much money I've made over the year, and I can make some... I can do some financial planning. Um, okay. There's a bunch of things that I want to do, like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting my vaccine tomorrow, and that's going to really... I think that's going to give me rose-colored glasses for a few weeks, at least, of just the possibilities. So, yeah, we'd, I'd love to take a trip. I'd love to just, yeah, refresh my finances and, and see where I'm at and just make some six-month plans. I feel like I've just been going okay. hand-to-mouth this, this last while of find a, you know find what you want to do, find a project, find this, find that, and these paths are rarely straight. So I've just been ignoring making plans uh, when really it's like, if you don't make plans, and it's been easy to not make plans with COVID and everything, but but now I'm like, no, All it's right. time to pull the trigger on something fun. Go have some fun. So, but yeah, vacation will be part of that. <laughs> Hopefully it's not around the time I move because that's not a vacation. No. That's just moving. <laughs> You're moving twice, right? No. no. No, just once. There was a there was a talk there for a while that we might have to like move to m- our, the way our leases lined up, we might have to take all, all of our stuff and move it to my wife's office and then Airbnb for a month somewhere and then move into right. the new <laughs> move uh, move into the new spot, but we managed to extend our lease one month at the place we are now. Okay. And we're moving in even a, awesome. a little bit early at the at the new place. Awesome. Yeah, yeah cuz last time we spoke it was you that was still in the in the cards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, luckily we managed to dodge that and the July 1st move. Awesome. Yeah. So this is August move? Uh no, so we're going to no? move on like June 26th or something. Okay. Yeah. So if you're a listener and you're not familiar with how it works in Montreal, um <laughs> all leases or probably 95% of leases all end on July 1st. So July 1st is a holiday and it's called moving day and everybody leaves their apartment and as they're leaving, someone new is moving in. It is a nightmare. It's so stupid. I don't know why we do this. (laughs) So because it all, it may like it's big moving company that are manip that's manipulating this because the movers (laughs) charge you an astronomical rate. It's insane. I hear they come from everywhere to Montreal on June thirtieth, July one, and July two. Oh yeah, um, because you can charge so much money and multiple moves a day. Oh yeah, right? like they don't, you they don't, you don't get a truck for the whole day. No. It's like no, no, you get a truck for three hours. Yeah, <laughs> because we have another job right after yeah. you. Like we we um we were planning we, this like moving on July first was like Plan F for us. Like we we can't do it, and we found a moving company that was like we will come to your apartment at 7 p.m. to move you. It's like, that is not, that doesn't work. Like, what are we going to do? Like, we, we would have to get our stuff out and put it on the lawn because, like, yep. they're, like, and and hope that a mover shows up. And that it doesn't rain. Yeah, and that it doesn't rain. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, get yourself some tarps. I, I've, I've lived here my whole life, and I still don't understand why it's like this. Like, why? Like, how does this happen? It's uh, it's you foolishness. Know, it's foolishness. Yeah, you can have twelve different moving days in a year, but no, we ch- we choose to have only one. Yeah. Oh my god. 
like even in Halifax, the, the, the leases tended to center around August 1st. Um, okay. Because it aligns some, somewhat with the school year, that kind of thing. Right. But like, oh, man, it was never that bad. Like you, you could always, there were always places happening, popping up around all year. But like even, st- oh man. And like, oh man, we don't do security deposits in Montreal. And so there's no incentive to clean when you leave. And like <laughs> right? everybody's yeah, exactly. moving on the same day. So you move into a dirty apartment. So it's like, am I gonna yeah. unpl- am I gonna move in? No, I gotta clean everything first. Oh my god! And then like, ah, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just have like a huge list of complaints. This is not the. <laughs> it's insane. If you're moving to Montreal, try not to book at your lease on July first, because goddamn, it's brutal. But yeah, or don't don't agree to ending it on July first. Yeah, right. Because yeah. sometimes you'll move here like June first, whatever, mm-hmm. and then the landlord will say, "Well, let's sign a thirteen month lease." Yep. <laughs> So that it ends on July 1st. Yeah. Which you do not have to agree to. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, in my whole life here, I've always endeavored to move um, a few weeks before. Or, like, you know, a few weeks before. I've even paid double rent um, back when rent was reasonable. Rip those days. Um, yeah. But, yeah, when I've paid double rent for one month just so we didn't have to move on the 1st. And then, yeah. But now we we've, we clinched it, but just barely. So... Yeah, no, that's it. I've never, I, I only moved on July first once. So it's always been different, different months because for that reason to make it simpler. And the only time that I did it July first, it's because it was our insurance company that was paying for the move anyways. Oh, yeah, there you go. So I didn't have to worry about the cost of it nice. or, or or even find the truck. I think I think they even found it for us. Okay. Cool. But yeah, otherwise, nope. <laughs> Nope, I'm not doing this July 1st thing. Yeah, forget it. Yeah. So, there'll be some vacation in store for me. What that is, I don't... Should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's go enjoy this weather. Yeah. Cool, man. It's so nice. I'm going hiking tomorrow. Oh, sick. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting my shot tomorrow, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So you might be out. Yeah, I I've already put like a tentative all day on Wednesday of just like, um, yeah, like s- side effects question mark or yeah, right. So I'm well. Let's say my my friend wanted like asked me last week if you know if I wanted to go hiking, mm. and I said well let's wait a little longer until we know what the temperature is, and I I, I got my vaccine Sunday so like yeah. I was like you know I don't know how I'm gonna be right. Yeah. <laughs> So thankfully, I don't have any like COVID-like symptoms. Nice. So then, so then I reached out today. So yeah, let's do this. Sweet. Let's go tomorrow. Cool. Yeah, I'm hoping it's the same for me. All right, cool. Catch up next week. Yeah. Have a great week. You too.